welcome back to the We Know Fantasy Podcast. My name is We Know Fantasy, and it's been some time, but I'm happy to be back. And today I am joined by Justin. Justin, how are we today, my man? Good, buddy. Looking forward to this. April is now here, and the NFL draft is right around the corner. Yeah, what is it? The last weekend of April, we'll have the NFL draft or somewhere around there. Yeah, somewhere in the back end of April, whether it be the last weekend or the weekend before the last, the penultimate uh, weekend, I guess you could say, of April. Uh, the NFL draft. So today we're going to bring you our second mock draft of the offseason. We had a previous pod where Justin and I did a mock draft in that one. We did not include any trades, so we have some uh, trades lined up for you guys this week. So, uh, yeah, for this podcast, so that'd be a little interesting. Before we hop into things, be sure to follow us on social media at We Know Fantasy and Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Justin, where people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at JF Hornets twenty five. Nate, tell the people about a, a little bit of the things we're doing, like like not football related. You're doing some good stuff with golf and NASCAR, buddy. Yeah, we have a lot of stuff on our website, weknowfantasy.com. You know, Cody's coming at you with fantasy NASCAR uh, articles every single week, and he is hitting week in and week out with those betting odds. So make sure you check that out. We have fantasy basketball, baseball content on there, and as you said, we have a new fantasy golf podcast. Brought to you by myself and my two lifelong best friends, Sean and Lenny. Uh, we're big golf fans, so we have a golf podcast that drops every uh, Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Uh, Out of the Rough. You can follow that show on Twitter at Out of the Rough WK as well. So let's move into things. This is what their people are here for, and this is what I'm here for, man. I'm excited about this. It's been a while since I kind of dove into some draft content, kind of been sitting idle for a little bit with some things going on, but I'm glad to uh, jump full or I guess head first into this thing. And <laughs> the last the last mock we did, Justin had the odd picks and I had the evens. So we're going to switch that around. And like I said, there'll be a few trades coming up for you guys. Some interesting stuff for this podcast. So I guess I'll take the uh, first pick of the draft. And this is as clear because it gets Trevor Lawrence, quarterback out of the Clemson for the Jaguars. They already said this is the guy they're going to pick. So I can't really go against that. Yeah, I mean, there's no argument here. I mean, everybody talks about this guy being a one, like an Andrew Luck type player. So, I hope they're right because he's he's he seems like a good kid. So, looks like a good one for Jacksonville. All right, I'm gonna go number two with the New York Jets, and I kind of want to, uh, you know, I I'm not real sure where this pick is gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna slot it where most most others are, are slotting it, and I'm gonna go Zach Wilson here. I'm not gonna throw a whole a big wrench into what we're doing. Uh, Zach Wilson had a really good pro day. A lot of people are blowing it up. I think pro days are gonna be a little bit. I think people are going to be a little bit overzealous with pro days in this draft because the combine's not here. Um, but I will go Zach Wilson number two to the Jets. Yeah, this uh, a lot of people seem to have this locked in where the Jets will go Zach Wilson. I'm not too sure it is exactly locked as people think it may be. But at this point, I think Zach Wilson is the right pick here, especially for this mock draft. So between last podcast where we had the mock draft and this one, the 49ers made a major trade, trade number three, obviously quarterback on the mind, moving away from Jimmy Garoppolo. A lot of speculation with Mac Jones being the guy out of here. You know, most places you'll see that. We've even had, uh, you know, ESPN representatives and, and analysts projecting Matt, uh, Mac Jones to go here. But I think it's Justin Fields. If it is Mac Jones, you know, I'm a 49ers fan. I, I want to say I'm going to be mad about this, but... Can I really be mad about the process that Kyle Shanahan's going through, the way he can develop and analyze quarterback talent? I don't think I'm in the position to judge him, but I think Fields is the guy here, big arm, 
uh, athletic, the type of quarterback that we see in the NFL now. I know he comes out of Ohio State, so that you know tag behind him of Ohio State is yet to produce a, a reputable and a, and a competent NFL quarterback. There's that coming at you. Mac Jones playing for Alabama. When's the last time we saw an Alabama quarterback? You know, be successful. We don't we don't hear about that. And uh, you know, Mac Jones actually has some off the field issues as well. No one really talks about. But Justin Fields is, uh, in my opinion, the quarterback possibly two of this draft, if not definitely quarterback three. No, I think you hit the nail on the head when you talk about Kyle Shanahan and that offense. Like, uh, you know, I'm 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 going to bet on Kyle Shanahan before I bet against him. So any quarterback that comes into that system, I think is going to be pretty good. I think Justin Fields could potentially be one of these candidates who is kind of like a Justin Herbert. Not necessarily that he's going to show out like Justin Herbert in, in in his freshman year or rookie year. But, you know, one one that everybody's kind of picking apart right now, but I think he's got all the talent to do what he needs to do in the NFL uh, in the NFL game. So I'm going to move next to the fourth pick, and here's where our first trade comes into play. So Atlanta, they've got – obviously they've got Matt Ryan on an expiring contract in the next two years. However, he's 36 years old. We don't know that they're really going to – highly rate the fourth or fifth quarterback in this draft. I think Atlanta's going to look to trade out of this because they're probably looking more on the defensive side of things and they don't have to draft the fourth pick to take the best defensive player in the draft. Therefore, we're going to take Denver moving up from nine to four. And that is really because other teams are going to be trying to get in front of Denver as the team that needs a quarterback. Denver's going to give up the obviously first round pick this year, that 109 a first and a third in 2022, and Drew Locke. Drew Locke gives Atlanta somebody that can sit behind Matt Ryan, maybe give a look in training camp, try to see what's going on. Maybe they try try to you know invest in Drew Locke, or maybe they go back to the drawing board after Matt Ryan is ready to leave. So uh, with Denver coming up at number four, I think they are going to take Trey Lance out of North Dakota State just out of sheer talent and just something to build on. And I think that that Vic Bangio defense is somebody that they need somebody to just manage the game and and look to build on for the next few years in that AFC West. Yeah, we, we saw Drew Locke in his little tail end there was rookie year when he did play. He showed signs of confidence. We know this Denver franchise is not great in developing quarterbacks. They've they've missed time and time again. I'm not sure if Drew Locke is another miss or another mismanagement by this organization. We'll see if he is to ship over to the Atlanta Falcons, sit behind Matt Ryan, a great guy to sit behind. You know, Ryan still has a few years of football in him. And, you know, despite picking here at four, the Atlanta Falcons kind of have a have a decent team. You know, another defensive piece could really be a big difference for them. And, you know, actually health would be a big, big, big thing for them as well. So, right. yeah, like this as well. And I think this is a possible trade that really could happen. Broncos trying to get another guy to fill the system, yet not sure exactly what's going to go on there. Uh, <laughs> they really need to move on from their general manager. Won't name any names. So, pick number five, I'm going the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, Kyle Pitts is, is obviously on the board here as one of those just, just monsters of a prospect, just – it's hard to explain what this guy does on the football field, but I think there's a bigger need here. I'm going back to the to the drawing board, going Penny Seawall, the best offensive tackle in the game. We already have a torn ACL out of uh, out of uh, 
Joe Burrow. So they really need to protect this guy. They need to keep him on the field if they're going to win football games. It's not going to be, you know, Kyle Pitts is or isn't a is a game changer when you know Drew uh, when Burrow isn't throwing the football. So really need to protect their investment here and go the smart route. I know Pitts is a flashy guy, but really not a position of need. But Sewell definitely is a position of need. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting pick. I, I think Penesul is is the one to go for. Honestly, myself, uh, they did take an offensive tackle in the free in free agency, but that really could have been a depth piece. It's not necessarily a starter. Um, you're looking at Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase as guys that that might have flash, and and everybody thinks, oh, maybe you pair them with with Burrow, and you really got something going on in the offense. But I like that pick there, so that's a, that's a solid one. For number six at the Miami Dolphins, and obviously this is a trade when they traded with San Francisco, then traded back with the Eagles to get back to six. This was obviously a trade up to get back to take one of the top two pass catchers, and that's Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts. I'm unfortunately, because I, I'd love for Kyle Pitts to fall a little, a little farther, going to take Paul, Kyle Pitts here. This is a 6'5 guy that's a tight end that ran a 44640. I mean, everything that everyone is talking about from a draft analyst perspective is this is a once in 10 to 15 year prospect at the tight end position and you've got you've got to go for him. I mean, he's somebody that you can put in line, you can also split out. So Kyle Pitts right here number 6 Miami Dolphins. Yeah, this tight end tag for him even is kind of misleading because he's plays more as a wide receiver anyhow. So this is this is the best pass catcher in the draft, in my opinion. This is a game changer. You know, like you said, set in or out, he does it all. Four, four, six, forty at that size. Phenomenal. Definitely a game changer here for the Miami Dolphins. So pick number seven, we have another trade here. Originally, we have the Detroit Lions making a selection here. They could go quarterback. You know, Mac Jones is still on the on the board here. But, you know, they did make that trade, sent Matthew Stafford out west. And, and uh, you know, what are they going to do with this franchise? They have the replacement here in Jared Goff. And I think, or we thought here when we were preparing for this pod, that they're going to look to accumulate more pieces than just try to draft quarterback already instead of giving Jared Goff a chance. So here we are, pick number seven. We have the Washington football team trading up all the way from 19 to 7. And in doing so, they gave up the 119, the third round pick of this year, uh, next year's first and second round pick. So two first, a third and a, th- a second and a third, excuse me, to move from 19 to seven to get their guys. And obviously, if you move up this far, it's for a quarterback. And the best quarterback left on the board is Mac Jones. You know, like I said, there's a lot of speculations that the Fournayers are heavy on this guy. And that's the guy they're going to pick at three. Um, we're not sure what's going to happen here, but in my opinion, he's the fourth the fourth best quarterback or the fifth best quarterback on this draft board. And Washington really needs something. They have a complete roster. There's no doubt about that. They have a lot of talent here. They're just a quarterback away from being a playoff team when the NFC East are competing, at least in the NFC East. So here we are getting the quarterback and Mac Jones. No, I mean, you said it right there with this roster. I think Matt Jones slots to this Washington football team as the best quarterback prospect they could get, especially when you get when you think about rookie contracts and getting a quarterback for five years. Um, this is a team I don't know a whole lot about the contracts that the Washington currently has, but they've got a stacked defense. The front seven is great. The secondary has gotten better. They brought in another cornerback in free agency to replace Darby, who was also like, um, sorry, William Jackson. They brought in William Jackson from the Bengals, who was a great press man coverage um, last last year for the Bengals. I mean, 
they, they've got to have somebody that manages the game. I think Mac Jones, if they could trade up and get this guy to learn behind somebody like Fitzpatrick, it, it it's just a win-win for this organization. And I think they're, they're making the right steps. So great pick here. And I think it's a, a very feasible move. So let's go to number eight. So the Carolina Panthers, obviously they made news this week to trade the fourth round pick, I believe for this year. And then the second and sixth round pick for next year to, year to get Sam Darnold. I love this move for them. I was going to say, Sam let me interject Darnold. here. This is a steal, my opinion. <laughs> I do. I, I interject all you want. Cause I, I'm right there with you. I think Sam Darnold was absolutely a steal. I, I really give his first three years in the league, a big pass because of Adam Gase. And I have, if, if you listen to this pod before, you know what I feel about Adam Gase. I think he's awful. Obviously, if you look at Tannehill, you see what he did with Ryan Tannehill, and then Ryan Tannehill went to Tennessee and has obviously done very well, been one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm not saying that Sam Darnold's absolutely going to be that, but he has the talent, and he's 23 years old. He's the same age as Kyle Trask, who is the sixth-ranked quarterback. And if you listen to uh, Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay, Kuyper has him rated as basically the second or third best quarterback in this draft class, and his age kind of lines up with that. So it's it's not unfeasible to think that you can rate rate them the same way. So I think this is a great move for them. And I think they can move back here. Obviously Kyle Pitts is off the board. I think a tight end would be really good for that offense, but I think offensive tackle would be a really good spot for them. And to give somebody like Matt rule an interchangeable guy, I am going to go Rayshon Slater here, offensive tackle for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. I love Slater as a prospect. Of course he set out last year, uh, due to you know COVID nineteen and things of that nature, great tackle. Like you said, can play interior on the offensive line as well. Which in today's game, finding a guy who can slot in multiple positions on the offensive line is a uh, is a big deal in my opinion. So let's jump to number nine here. This is where we traded the Atlanta Falcons back for number four, the Denver Broncos. And like Justin said, they could have moved this far back and still got the best defensive player in the draft instead of keeping number four and adding multiple picks. So here it is, Micah Parsons. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, if, if we're picking at four, I would have still projected Micah Parsons to the Falcons. Here we are at nine, get those extra picks, extra firsts, a third, Drew Locke. A lot of stuff here to still get the best defensive player in this draft. What was Parsons' 40 time? Four, three, you know? eight. Four, three, eight out of a linebacker. This man is a athletic, I don't even know how to explain it. He is a phenomenon that can't be explained. This is a game changer. This Falcons defense lacks a true leader. Here it is, Micah Parsons. When it comes to linebackers, you're not going to find a better prospect than him in the last 10 years when it comes to this position. So, like you said, this trade works out great for Atlanta Falcons, and, and fans should be happy with this. Absolutely. I mean, this guy's a guy that gets after the quarterback and can cover. And he, you know, he's going to cover. If you think about like the teams in that division, he can cover anybody at the tight end position that is in the NFC South. So Michael Parsons is a great pick here. Um, anchors that defense. Love it. Now at number 10 for the Dallas Cowboys. So the edge position really is, is an interesting here for the Cowboys. I really think they need to go cornerback, so I'm going to stick with it. Like, And the only reason I was kind of looking at edge is because a lot of people are slotting a cornerback to them. But I really do think that's what they need in the secondary. They can put some pieces together with that defense to at least 
challenge the quarterback and they need somebody that can challenge those receivers on the outside. So I'm going to go Patrick Sertain. It's the guy that is just the most pedigree, just just the most solid guy. It's, pr- it's probably the one you can take the least risk on, and you say that as a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. Yeah, when you're picking uh, cornerbacks, especially this early in the draft, you really have to be careful. And Sertain comes from NFL Heritage, and it just it just uh, the safest pick here. And the Dallas Cowboys really need someone to, to line up a, a opposite Diggs, and you know a, a duo of Sertain and Diggs could be pretty scary for years to come. And teammates, former teammates, so they yeah, know former how to teammates play as well. Yeah, uh, forgot about that. So pick eleven, New York Giants. Last time we were doing this mock, they did not sign their now you know number one wide receiver Kenny Galladay. Uh, Big signing. I love Galladay. I think he's a top 10, even top 5 wide receiver talent in this league. Fantastic signing there. So I'm going to move on from wide receiver. Uh, you know, of course, they could use the tight end with Ingram's inconsistent ability to stay on the field. Cornerback possibly, but I think they're going to go with the top edge rusher of this of this uh, draft. In my opinion, that's Gregory Rosu. He, out of Miami there, he is, uh, you know, he's kind of raw. A, a bit raw when it comes to what you would expect out of the NFL talent, especially top 11, but everything is there for him to succeed at this level. I, I love this guy. I've had him projected high through this entire process. I know he's done a little slipping down the boards uh, recently, but you know, this guy has the length, the motor, the hands to really get it done on off the edge. And the giants really, you know, they've, they've invested heavily in the defensive line in the last few drafts. But they still lack a a pure pass rusher, and that's where Rosu comes in, in my opinion. No, I think I think this is a really good pick. It's hard because you know obviously Rosu sat out last year, but you're talking about a guy in 2019 that had 15 and a half sacks. I mean, when you got 15 and a half sacks in a college football season, that's crazy. So I mean, I think the thing with the edge rushers in this draft class, and you'll hear us talk about this, is there's a lot of upside in a lot of these guys: Greg Rousseau, Jalen Phillips, Quiddy Pay. But there's not a whole lot of tape on on file for you to look at. So you're really doing the projection here, and I think Greg Rousseau is, is is right there in the top tier. So let's move to number twelve, and I can tell you what. I'm going to do this for Nick, the fantasy mechanic. And when he listens to us, if this was, if this were to happen in the NFL draft, Philadelphia should be celebrating in the streets because to move from six down to 12 and still get Jamar chase, that would be an absolute steal and something that gave them a huge target on the outside. This is a guy that had 20 touchdowns in 2019 was the is it the Bolitnikoff? Is that the wide receiver award or what, whatever the wide receiver award in college football is? The guy was an absolute stud. Sat out last year. This is somebody that can anchor that offense and really give Jalen Hurts somebody to throw the ball downfield to. This is perfect to to absolutely slot in with um, what's what's the guy they drafted last year? Um, Rieger. Yeah, Jalen Rieger. Perfect. I, I think this is a steal of a pick at number 12. If it happens, more power to him. Yeah, we've seen Eagles fans, especially, you know, in our We Know Fantasy chat, Nick Mechanic there, really vocal about the actions of their general manager. But if he's able to do this, add draft assets, move to 12, and still get the wide receiver one of this draft, that is a power move, in my opinion. And Jamar Chase is as good as they come. 
you know, Justin Jefferson was on the same team as him. Uh, what was it? Two years ago. Cause he sat last year and Jamar Chase is the superior talent of those two, at least in the wide receiver game. So, or LSU, excuse me. So Chase is the best wide receiver talent in this draft. And if it wasn't for Pitts, he'd be the, the top pass catcher off the board. All right. So I'm here now. I'm moving to your Los Angeles Chargers. I think there's only one way you could really go about this. I think you have to go on the offensive line. So I'm going to go Christian Darisaw. He, a little underrated in my opinion, but he's, he's, he's getting more limelight. You know, he, what is he now in the top 12 uh, in terms of CBS rankings of, of players, a great offensive tackle. The Chargers have done well in building this offensive line, but they kind of did it in a way of building on the interior out. And now they need to figure out those out, outward pieces. So Darisaw at this point is the best offensive tackle, offensive lineman on the board. So really have to go with this guy and protect Justin Jefferson for years to come. Or Justin Herbert, excuse me. Yeah, you know, I've gone back and forth. I've kind of seesawed on Christian Darisaw. I was I was up on him, down on him, now I'm back up on him. I think he's a road grader, kind of a guy you want on the offensive line. I could see maybe them going in the secondary for cornerback because there is some depth on these offensive line prospects, but I, I can't argue with the pick here. So I like it. Protect that guy. Justin Herbert's the guy. Uh, so 14, Minnesota Vikings. I am going to go here. And this is a guy that I actually don't even have on our board, I don't think. But somebody that I think can be a really big pick for them and somebody that a lot of analysts are high on, and that's Jamin Davis, inside linebacker from Kentucky. He is shooting up draft boards. He had a huge pro day. A guy that on the film is all over the field tackling. Um, he's somebody that the Minnesota Vikings really could use. I think Edge is a really is a, is one that they really need as well. But I'm gonna go to Jamin Davis here at number fourteen. Yeah, are you there? We're getting to the part of the draft where you'll see some names that, you know, where you're following this process, you just constantly look at these top 50, top 25 names. He's outside of those at this point, but come draft day, he's not. So Vikings drafting a, a uh, you know, top-tier linebacker talent. Hard to argue that. So here we are, pick 15. We're almost halfway through this mock draft already. New England Patriots. I think there's only one thing they could do here, and that's project Devontae Smith to uh, to the Patriots. I want to go Waddle here, but I just think Smith is a better fit for this team. Of course, I would love to see what Belichick would do with Waddle, though. Honestly, I probably should have done that. But Smith, you know, former Heisman or previous Heisman winner, uh, had a fantastic career season, of course, in Alabama, was crucial in the run for another championship. And when it comes to team needs, Patriots really need to stock up that, uh, you know, the pass catcher, especially with bringing back Cam Newton for another season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can never really argue about the best. I mean, arguably the best wide receiver in the in the class, and you're going with 15 at the 15th pick. I mean, to see what he does in that offense would just be crazy. So I agree with you. So for number 16, I'm going to go a little bit off the off the cuff here and he's fallen this far and why not give the Arizona Cardinals and that Cliff Kingsbury offense another weapon I'm gonna go Jalen Waddle here and put something with some speed in that slot we're not sure where everybody kind of thinks that Fitzgerald will probably retire they did bring in AJ Green I mean is that really gonna stop you I mean AJ Green could run the X well I mean not the X um could run the Y outside of um Hopkins, and then you really got 
Waddle in the slot just burning down the field. So I, I think you're just adding weapons here, and it just makes that offense much more unstoppable. Man, as a 49ers fan, I would hate to see the Cardinals get another weapon, especially just another element on that on that offense. We, of course, we know what they have there with Hopkins and Kirk and whatnot, but they're pretty similar wide receivers. Like you said, they lack this type of wide receiver, this speedster uh, who they get the ball in his hands out of the backfield on screens on anything, short slants. It'd be a game changer. I love that pick here for the Cardinals, especially at 16. And I think 17. they could get rid of Christian Kirk. I mean, I think I think that project has kind of ran its course. I don't know that he really is what they thought he was going to be. I think he needs to change the scenery, yeah. Especially with Brendan Hopkins, you kind of just removed his role from the offense, a prominent role at least. So moving him, get something for him would be would be another win in my book. In my in my book. All right, Los Angeles no, nope. Las Vegas Raiders. It's been what a whole year and I still can't get this right. The so <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders. You know, that pass rush was non-existent last year or for years. So I think they have to go best player available off the edge. That's Quiddy Pay. He still isn't getting the respect he deserves. He played on Michigan, was kind of oversought because of, you know, Big Ten didn't play many games this year. What was it? They played like four or something like that. Uh, you know, they were the last conference to reinstate football after COVID restrictions. But Pay is a phenomenal talent. Can play on the interior of the of the line as well, the exterior, which is a game changer here for the Raiders, who definitely have a need on the entire defensive line, not just the outside. So uh, finding finding a versatile player here that will get to the quarterback on each role he can play in needs to be done. And like I said, this Raiders pass rush has been absolutely nothing. So another step in the right direction for Las Vegas. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of going to go here with the Miami Dolphins on 18. I, I mean, I, I I can't you know I think the Raiders have to get after the, get have to get after the quarterback. They can maybe upgrade their their linebacker core, but I think Quiddy Pay is right there. He can go opposite of um, I blank on the guy's name all the time. Uh, Max Crosby. Yeah, Crosby, exactly. Yeah, they need somebody opposite. He need he needs somebody to kind of a, a partner in crime to go after it. At 18 for Miami. I think they need a running back here. I, you know, they could go offensive line. I think their defense is pretty good. I think they showed that last year, and I think Brian Flores really has this organization going in the right direction. They also have so much draft capital that they can get so many pieces from a defensive perspective. Why wouldn't you load up the offense and see what Tua Tungvaloa really has? So I'm going to go Najee Harris here. Um, I personally think ETN might be the best running back in this class. However, I think Miles Gaskin showed last year that he can be a little bit of the lightning for them and be that change of pace back where Najee Harris at 230 pounds can really bang between the tackles. Um, and that would be huge for this offense and really take the pressure off of Tungvaloa. Yeah, if there's anything here, uh, Najee Harris and ETN are kind of 1A and 1B when in terms of the top running back in this draft, they were pretty interchangeable and kind of comes down to team needs to kind of play different games. So like you said, I love this, this possibility of adding Harris, especially after going with uh pits in the first round. So like you said, their defense is pretty talented. It's, it's, you know, kind of under the radar. So adding as many pieces as physically possible to see if Tua actually is what they think he is needs to be done. So let's move on here. We're getting to the latter parts or almost into the 20th 
pick of the draft. We're at pick 19. This is where the Detroit Lions moved back from that Washington trade that landed to Washington, Mac Jones. Kenny Galladay is out of town. I think they have to go wide receiver. So it just comes down to who they think is, you know, you're not going to find a Kenny Galladay here. The draft just isn't really sought or made up for that. You know, Bateman kind of would be your closest type of player here. And actually, I'm going to go with Bateman because this offense really needs that pick, that, you know, bigger type of wide receiver who can go up and get the ball like a Kenny Galladay did. What do they call him? Uh, Minitron. Mm. Um there, you know, of course, after Megatron, you know, Calvin Johnson of what he did there. But Bateman is a 6'2", 209 type of receiver, one of the bigger ones in this draft. You know, the likes of Rondell Moore and uh, and Tooney are left on the board, but they're like your type, uh, like your smaller type of speedy type of guys. So I think they got to find a guy here that could give Jared Goff a legitimate target where they lost almost everyone. Marvin uh, Jones is also off the team. So that wide receiver core is very depleted and, you know, grabbing a wide receiver here in 19 really needs to be done. And, and Bateman fits that offense more than one of these smaller guys does, in my opinion. No, I agree with that right there. I think it's a good pick here um, for that Detroit Lions defense. For Chicago Bears, I know we're, we're up against it on time, so I'm going to try to move forward a little bit. Chicago Bears, I think they really need a versatile piece on the offensive line. I'm going to go Elijah Vera Tucker for them. I think this really fits with their offensive needs. They need to protect Andy Dalton because he obviously needs time to throw the ball. I would maybe go wide receiver here. I'm going to go Elijah Vera Tucker, but maybe wide receiver at this 20th pick because they're not sure what they're going to do with Miller. And obviously they've got uh, – Robinson on the free on the tag, but Elijah Vera Tucker at 20 to the Chicago bears. Yeah. Can't debate that. They definitely need some help on the offensive line, both inside and out. So grabbing Vera Tucker there is a great pick. I have the Colts here at 21, you know, Carson Wentz has been to this team. I'm not sure if that even happened between our last mock draft. Cause it was so long ago, <laughs> but uh, with that stated, I think they have to, Go, you know, they have a pretty well-rounded team. I think they're going to boost up that defense. And that defense is pretty good. Add some depth to the cornerback position. Caleb Farley, who, in my opinion, is the best cornerback uh, and in, in pass uh, pass defender in this draft. I I love this guy. Long plays vision well, reads the ball great. He, you know, playing in Virginia, not really a type of what like certain out of NFL heritage playing in the SEC. But when it comes to adding depth and a possible number two cornerback there in Colts or Indianapolis, I like fairly a lot. Yeah, I mean, he's falling down boards. You potentially are going to get a top 10 pick in the at the 21st pick with Caleb Farley. So I got to put that out there. Back injuries are having him falling down the board a little bit. But, I mean, I think if he, if he stays healthy, he's got all the ball skills. Former wide receiver, quarterback in high school, somebody that can really get after it in coverage. At 22 with the Tennessee Titans, they really need to still get after the quarterback. Uh, they really could use a a wide receiver to replace Corey Davis as well. But at this pick, I'm going to go Jalen Phillips as an edge for them only because best available player on the board, Jalen Phillips could potentially be the best edge off of this class. So Jalen Phillips, 22 Tennessee Titans. Yeah. This edge class isn't the greatest and it's very interchangeable. Like I said, Rosu didn't play last year and, and pay kind of sells this question mark. So that title's up in the air. So the Titans grabbing a guy to get after the quarterback uh, especially this late in the draft where it could be the top uh, edge rusher is a win in my books as well. 
Move on to the Jets, of course. They had the second pick, and they took their quarterback of the future, so look to find a pass catcher for him. I'm going Rondell Moore. I think I picked, or I think we, we may even had him in the last uh, mock draft here, but I love Rondell Moore to hear. If, if Moore was just two inches taller, he'd be a top 10, top 15 talent. This dude does it all extremely fast, catches the ball, sure-handed, does it all can run on the backfield. It's just, he's a little, he's a little small. When I say a little small, I think he's listed like five ten, but he's probably more of a true five eight. But yeah, Rondo Moore is a fantastic talent. And we're picking this late in the draft. Get your, get your uh, new quarterback of the future, uh, an actual weapon to throw the ball to. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I love Rondell Moore, so I'm not going to debate this at all. And this guy popped at his pro day, maybe a little bit of an injury question. Hopefully he stays healthy. That's all I can say. 24 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I would love to trade back into the first round with a team here, but I think the way this board has fallen, Pittsburgh has to go cornerback here. They've had some people leave, leave the nest, and I think this falls perfectly for them to take J.C. Horn. J.C. Horn had a phenomenal pro day. He is a great press corner. He's one that will fit so well with this defense. If it falls this way, Pittsburgh should rejoice. Yeah, I love J.C. Horn, too. I'm extremely high on him as well. And like you said, this defense needing cornerback health. Uh, grabbing him this late in the draft is is a steal. So I'm up here, and I have the Jacksonville Jaguars. Pick 25. They've done a lot of work this this offseason. Uh, brought in a bunch of players. And what in a position we thought they would go heavy on, but they haven't yet, is tight end. So I'm going to have to give them Pat Fairmuth here. The tight end out of Penn State, fantastic tight end, six foot five, two sixty. Of course, you're a little going to be a little overlooked when you share a draft class with Kyle Pitts, but you know Fairmuth is still very talented. Ken Block, I he's probably the, one of the better blocking tight ends in this draft. Sure-handed, and just the Jaguars need to make sure they have weapons around uh, around Trevor Lawrence here. And this is the the second pick of the first round, so. You know, it's a, maybe maybe you could see it as a reach, but in team need, it's definitely not a reach. No, I mean, Fairmuth is – I think he's a first-round talent, and I think a lot of people would, would talk about him as a first-round talent. And I think he gets some NFL comps to Hunter Henry, who just obviously got paid $12.5 million a year. So um, great pick here, and they needed somebody at that position. 26 to the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to take a, a kind of a little bit of an off-the-wall pick here, maybe not off-the-wall to some, but Jason Oway – out of Notre Dame, sorry, Penn State, Penn State. Um, this is a guy who was uh, was on the edge. He doesn't pop from the sense of of sack numbers, but he would pa- pair so well with Miles Garrett and Cleveland because Miles Garrett is obviously a big, huge guy. He's got power. He's got speed. Oway is a defensive edge guy who ran a four three four in the four three a forty in the four threes. I mean, he just grades off the map in athleticism and i think he's the perfect project to get in cleveland and really get after the quarterback for them yeah getting that guy opposite would be would be crucial in this draft and here we are this late in the draft 26 for a playoff team uh i can't debate that so here we are pick 27 baltimore ravens kind of interesting they can go edge but we kind of went through what i believe to be first round talents off the edge and getting someone else for the receiving core could be the thing, but I think we have to go offensive line here. I like Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan. He he he's probably going to play guard the next level. Did play tackle in uh, at at Michigan. Uh, what did I play? Ann Harbor. Is that a correct statement? Yeah, 
Yep. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure I was correct there. But <laughs> anyhow, I was going to say that and didn't want to be wrong. But yeah, Jalen Mayfield, uh, I like this kid. He plays tough, plays downhill, uh, used the term road grader as well. Uh, he, you know, played offensive tackle in uh, college. I think. I think he's been a little overlooked because he didn't have the best of seasons there, but moving the interior line, he's a perfect guard and getting the next guy to protect Lamar Jackson and his scrambling ability. Uh, is kind of crucial. Make sure they can keep him behind center as long as physically possible. No, I, I like that too. I think that gives them a good piece. So 28 new Orleans saints. I'm going to go with a cornerback here. Obviously Lattimore, I believe is on his last year. Um, don't quote me on that, but he's getting close to the end of that deal. Um, they are obviously going to have a lot of cap trouble over the next few years. Obviously, it'll increase after this year, but but the Saints are up against it. I'm gonna I'm gonna slot them Greg Newsom. It gives them a very interchangeable piece in the secondary. He's jumping up some some draft boards. Somebody that can be a cover corner can press. Um, you really need that in that in that NFC South with those receivers there. So Greg Newsom, 28 to the Saints. All right. So I have the Packers here. I'm not sure if I should do it, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to give him a wide receiver here. Kadarius Tooney out of Florida. little overshadow because Kyle Pitts is there, of course. But Tooney's a fantastic receiver. Six foot tall. He's fast. He can do it all. Get up in the air and beat the quarterbacks to the ball. Love this guy. And the Green Bay Packers need to do something. You have a year or two left, if that, of a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. Just give the man some help, please. <laughs> No, I, I think that's a great pick for them. They need it. They need a wide receiver. So here's where I'm going to go. That trade I was talking to you, Nate. Um, I'm going to actually, and this is obviously a homer pick, but the, because they did it last year, I feel like they are potentially a candidate to do it again this year. I'm going to trade with the Chargers to the 30th pick, giving up the second and a second and a third this year to go back to 30. And the the Chargers have two third round picks, so they can give up one of those and really get back into the first round for really nothing. Um, so going to the Chargers at number thirty, and I'm going to take Kelvin Joseph as a cornerback to really shore up that defensive backfield. Give Brandon Staley another guy that's athletic, can press. Um, he's already said that he wants to run a lot of man in that secondary, and hopefully Derwin James can stay healthy. So Kelvin Joseph would be a great starting piece to add to them. Yeah, like you said, I'm I'm uh, believe that is a team that can move up. And Buffalo Bills are definitely a team that can move back. They have a pretty complete roster, but moving that far, not that far back in the second round and adding a third would be great for that team. I have the Chiefs here. I'm going to go with Jeremiah Oswald Karamoa, if I say that correctly, linebacker out of uh, Notre Dame. He is. Let's see. Last last year, what was the Clemson wide or linebacker that came out that the Cardinals picked? Simmons. Name. Simmons. So this is this year Simmons, just not as talented as him. He can play safety and linebacker. So in these defensive schemes where you have you know safeties bumped linebacker and vice versa, it'd be great here for the Chiefs. I know you know possible a possible offensive ta- or offensive lineman here because of what they did in the Super Bowl could be a thing. But Tampa Bay Buccaneers just have the number in the Super Bowl, so it's hard to really go off that. But getting a versatile defensive piece that can move up and down that uh, all, uh, the defense uh, would be a big move. 
Yeah, I mean, I hate this pick as a Chargers fan just because Jeremiah Owosu-Kormora is probably one of the better chess pieces on the defensive side of the ball in the first round. Um, he can do the, he can be Sorensen, but two times what Sorensen is for that defense that just moves all over. So it's a great pick if it falls that way. That kind of sucks, but I like it. <laughs> and then at 32 for the Tampa Bay Bucks, they did bring back um, – Lenny, so I was thinking a running back would be great for them here. I'm actually going to look at Christian Barmore and to give them another piece on the defensive line. They obviously have their anchors on the edge that can get after the quarterback. Barmore is a guy who they've got um, – they've got – what's our guy out of Nebraska? Sue. They got Sue coming back on a one-year deal, but Barmore gives them somebody with some longevity. Obviously, Tom's not going to play forever, but they need some guys, some pieces that really can just add to this roster for years to come. So Christian yeah. Barmore. Yeah, this is a thing. They just have to go all in right now because you, we don't know how long Tom Brady has. You know, Father Time tells us he should be retired by now, but he's still winning Super Bowls. So what does he have, two more years on his deal or one more year on his deal? Actually, fun fact, he is the first quarterback in Tampa Bay Buccaneers history to ever sign an extension. So that's that's something to think about, I guess, even though that's as weird as to think as what <laughs> Buccaneers been around since the 70s or 80s. So <laughs> that is a weird stat. But that's it, guys. That's picks one through 32 for the first round. I'm sure there'll be a lot more uh, draft content coming to you guys on the We Know Fantasy website, weknowfantasy.com. Check us out there. We'll have, uh, like you said, lead up to the draft. We'll definitely have some. Excuse me, draft content coming for you guys. I know I'll have at least a full seven-round mock draft for you guys there before the draft comes out. So there's that to look forward to. Remember, we also have fantasy basketball, baseball, you know, NASCAR, golf, everything you think of fantasy sports-related. We have you covered on uh, our website. Follow us on social media at We Know Fantasy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Before we sign off here, Justin, where people find you. Again, you can find me on Twitter at JFHornets25. This is going to be a very exciting NFL draft. There's about 45 guys and 32 slots in first-round grades, so it's going to be fun. And this is a different year than we're used to because a lot of players, you know, some top-end talent sat out last year. Uh, we talked about a few, Michael Parsons being another. And, you know, some players didn't play as many games as we normally would, so a lot of question marks be here, so it's going to be an exciting time. So we're looking forward to that. So until next time, guys, we'll see you.